I bring you greetings from Cross Lanes in the New Forest. We come now to our evening hour of worship. May the Lord richly bless you this evening hour. Let us hear God's word. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-blessed God, help us this evening hour to magnify thy great and glorious name. Thou art worthy to be praised. Who is a God like unto thee, so glorious, so wonderful? Help us, O Lord, to worship thee. We come to thee in the name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, O Lord, that thou would accept us through him, accept our praise and our prayers. O Lord, we love thee. We thank thee for what he has done. Draw near to us in this evening hour. Touch our hearts, Lord, we beseech thee. O glory be to thee, for Christ's sake. Amen. Our first praise is Psalm 147. We're singing verses 1 through to verse 5, and the tune is Hamilton. Psalm 147, and we're singing verses 1 through to verse 5. Praise ye the Lord. For it is good to praise to our God to sing, for it is pleasant and to praise, it is a comely thing. Mm -hmm. Psalm 147 Praise ye the chapter 23 and we're reading from verse 27 through to verse 49. Luke 23 verses 27 through to verse 49. 
Let us hear the word of the Lord. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. <coughs> if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. <clears throat> and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that sight, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintance and the woman that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. Amen. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his holy and precious word. We turn to our second praise, Psalm 22. These familiar words of our Lord upon the cross, Psalm 22, verses 1 to 4, and verses 8 to 10, to the tune Minva. My God, my God, why hast thou me forsaken? Why so far art thou from helping me and from my words that roaring are? Psalm 22, verses 1 to 4, and then verses 8 to 10, to the tune Minvah.
come now to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-blessed God, we bow our hearts before thee, and we thank thee we can approach thee and acknowledge thee to be our heavenly Father. Many cry in this world in prayer, Our Father. What a privilege, O Lord, it is to pray, Our Father, knowing thee in a special way. And we thank thee for thy love, thy favour and thy care towards us this Lord's Day evening. We thank thee that thou art a father to us and thou dost know our need. Thou dost provide for it. Thou dost draw near and comfort our hearts in the valley and in other trouble. We thank thee for being a father to us. Lord, thou dost have such pity towards us, like as a father pitieth his children, so thou dost pity those of us who fear thee. We thank thee for this opportunity again to come and worship thee. And we pray, O Lord, that thou bless this brief hour of worship on thy day. May we know much of the blessed Redeemer. We thank thee for that wonderful instance of the mercy of Christ on the road to Emmaus, that he did draw near to those two that were sad. And all we pray, draw near further in a special way. Touch our hearts, lift our hearts, O Lord, comfort us, draw near, we pray. May we be helped before we go any further into this week, if thou dost spare. We who love thee, draw us nearer. Oh, may we be more like Christ as we consider this morning. It is our desire to know more of his fellowship, to dine more often with him, to become more like him. Oh, grant us our request, for we so desire it for thy glory. For any without Christ listening on, if it please thee this evening hour, that thou would draw them to thyself. May they know conviction of sin, like that thief did on the cross. May they be drawn to see the suitableness of Jesus, that he is the only one, the one alone that can bring salvation. Oh, may they see it. May hearts be opened. Oh, for a heart to be opened. Someone here, someone listening on, in this country, O oh Lord, May they be rejoicing in heaven over sinners repenting of their sins. Be at the congregation at Ipsley this evening, listening on in their own homes, and for anyone else, friends as well. Be near, O Lord. Meet the needs of thy people. We thank thee for thy continuing protection and blessing and care on us. And go before us, we pray, as a congregation particularly now as we come to the autumn and winter months. Oh, help us, we pray. For any who are perplexed, may they know that tranquillity in the soul from the Saviour. For those who may be worried about the morrow, oh, may they cast all their care upon thee this afternoon. Be with the young people at work and at college. Be with them in their work and their studies. Bless them, we pray, for the children at school, undertake for them. May they know thy hand upon them, lead them and guide them, we pray. For the whole fellowship, then, we commit unto thee at this time. For others, O Lord, near and far, congregations we know of, bless, we pray. We look to thee in these days, have mercy upon us. We pray, O Lord, for... Wisdom to be given to our government, to those in authority over us. We pray for wisdom for consultants, nurses and doctors. We pray for such. We pray, O Lord, if it be thy will, that thou would soon bring us through this pandemic to a better day. Oh, we commit that to thee. Meet the needs of thy people at this time, financially, spiritually and physically, we pray for any who are laid aside through the illness we know of, we commit unto thee this evening hour, and for many others we do not know of. O oh Lord, we will pray for them. We look to thee, our eyes are upon thee. How we need thee, O oh Lord. 
Wilt thou not revive us in the midst of the years? Surely the time has come. The darkness has come upon us. May the light of thy power soon descend. May we know that little reviving in these days. May we soon be able to say thou hast done great things for us in which we are glad. O Lord, come, bless thy cause. May we yet live to see a day when so many flock to the Saviour, so many embrace him with the arms of faith. Oh, for a work of grace, continue to support us in a gracious way. Lead us, direct us, help us in thy favour. We beseech thee. Bless thy word to us this evening. Oh, help in the preaching. Oh, that is so needed. And help in the hearing, O Lord. May hearts be blessed, we who love thee. Remind us of these great truths again, that we might be strengthened. And for any without Christ, may this be the turning point, the day, a new day, in their lives. Open hearts, O glory be to thee. We love thee, O Lord, O to love thee more. Oh, we value thee, but oh, to value thee more. We do esteem thee, but oh, to have a greater esteem. Help us to so live our lives for Christ, to live them for thee. Oh, glory be to thee. Hear our prayer. For Christ's sake. Amen. Before the preaching of God's word, we turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we're going to sing, or hear sing, verses 57 through to verse 60. Psalm 119, verses 57 through to verse 60. Thou art my sure portion, art alone, which I did choose, O Lord. I have resolved and said that I would keep thy holy word with my whole heart, I did entreat thy face and favour free, according to thy gracious word, be merciful to me. Psalm 119 verses 57 to 60 and the tune is Humility. Thou my
We turn this evening to Luke chapter 23 and we read verses 39 through to 43. Luke 23 verses 39 through to verse 43. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his precious word. Dear congregation, the Lord Jesus suffered so much on the cross at Calvary. He was in great pain physically, that is in his body, but he was in even greater agony within his soul. He so felt the wrath of God and was burdened by the sins of his people. Feeling the punishment so very heavy, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, what he suffered! But that was not all. He continued to face a bruising attack from the devil. And he then faced the cruel mocking of others, such as we see here in this chapter. Now we know at Calvary there were three crosses. Either side of our Lord there were two malefactors or thieves, as Mark informs us in Mark 15, verse 27. To begin with, we believe that both of them opposed Christ. They mocked him, they ridiculed him, they spake against him. In Matthew 27, verse 41, we read, Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said he saved others Himself he cannot save. And then verse 44. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. They spake evil of Christ. They spake reproachfully. However, as we know, the Lord intervened in the life of one of them. He came under conviction. He felt his sin. He was shown the seriousness of the state he was in. He was convicted, but also through the work of the Holy Spirit, he was led to see the suitableness of Christ. He knew that Christ was his only hope in this dying hour. And so he turns to the Lord and says in verse 42, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Here's his plea to be remembered. Remember me. Pardon me my sin. Accept me. Bring me to the kingdom. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What a gracious word was said to that thief who had just earlier despised Christ in his heart. Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Well, as we come to these familiar words, many sermons have been preached on these words. And I recall the very first sermon I ever preached was from this text. Well, as we come to these words tonight, I'd like us to consider Jesus in the midst of two thieves. Jesus in the midst of two thieves. First of all, we consider all under condemnation of death. All under condemnation of death. Of death. Secondly, one continues to reject Jesus. One continues to reject Jesus. And then thirdly, two go to heaven. Two go to heaven. And there we consider that our Lord and that saved thief was found in heaven. First of all, then, all under condemnation of death. Come with me to verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, 
Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? The two thieves, along with our Lord, had been sentenced to death. Recall that our Lord had been judged. But then he was sentenced by Pilate to death. In verse 24 we read, And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. Our spotless Redeemer was sentenced to death by wicked hands. He was crucified and slain. In a moment we'll consider those two others, those two thieves. They were under condemnation. But let's consider first of all that our Lord was under condemnation. Our spotless Redeemer. He had done nothing wrong. He was holy. In Hebrews 7 verse 26 we read, For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. You note those things. Holy, spotless, so sacred, harmless. We considered this morning how the Lord would not break the bruised reed or quench the smoking flax. Such tender care he had towards those weak followers of his. Harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. He had done nothing wrong, the spotless Redeemer, yet he had been sentenced to death. He was sentenced to death by Pilate. But let's look a little further now. And remember that in meeting the condition of life, he had to suffer and die as a substitute. In order to fully accomplish redemption for his people, he, the surety, must suffer and die. He must face the penalty for the breach of the law, for the wages of sin is death. In Luke 24, verse 26, we read, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? He found himself under the law. And so we read in Galatians 4, 4, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. He must be perfect. He must keep the law perfectly. But he also must be punished for the breach of it on behalf of others. We broke and we have broken the law. He must suffer. Well, consider here tonight, my beloved Saviour, my greatest friend, my wonderful companion, was under condemnation. He was under the curse. He was facing punishment. The Reverend John Brown of Huntington wrote, Jesus Christ was made a curse had the condemnatory sentence of the broken law passed and executed on him in the room of millions of transgressors. Millions upon millions. Oh, he was there at Calvary, suffering in the place of so many. In Galatians 3 verse 13 we read, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Cursed, under condemnation, facing the wrath of God. Oh, what a friend I have. Oh, what love for me that he went all the way to Calvary. He suffered throughout his humiliation. He was troubled, he was burdened. But all oh, the climax of his sufferings was at Calvary. And in great love to me, he suffered all the way to the end. What love that he willingly went to the cross in my place. In Romans 8 verse 3 we read, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Oh, what Christ suffered from me. Dear brothers and sisters, in Christ, he faced condemnation that we might know no condemnation. Remember one of old of wrote these words, no condemnation, now I dread Jesus and all in him is mine. No condemnation. 
We're justified to sentence of condemnation because of Christ has been overturned. And I will never be under that sentence of condemnation again. On that great day, as we considered last week, there will be the judgment. But I will not face a judgment of condemnation. Oh, what comfort that brings. Oh, what a saviour I have who was condemned that I might live, who suffered that I might know salvation. Oh, we think here of the Lord. But let's consider now these two thieves. They were under condemnation. Now come with me to verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He and that other thief were under the sentence of death. They were condemned men. And by nature all men descending from Adam are born under a broken covenant, are guilty. They're under condemnation. You see, a covenant was made with Adam. However, it was broken by Adam's sin. Who was Adam? Head and representative. Therefore, everyone born descending from him by ordinary generation is born under a broken covenant. All are born sinners and under condemnation. What was the penalty? Death. The just sentence for the breach of the covenant. And so we read in Genesis 2 verse 17. Adam sinned. We read there of the penalty of death. Well Adam sinned. When was found under condemnation. And as representative. All men. The apostle wrote in Romans 5 verse 18. Therefore as by the offence of one. Judgment came upon all men. To condemnation. It's a serious truth, isn't it? Let's think of condemnation. It speaks of the sentence of punishment. But then we can also think of the punishment itself. The two thieves, they had been sentenced, condemned, and they were suffering the punishment. They were being crucified. They were facing death. Condemnation. Men by nature are guilty. Under the sentence of divine wrath, under the curse of the law, under the sentence of death, condemnation. Facing death without Christ as a punishment. Spiritually dead. Yes, they may go through the motions, but they are dead in trespasses and sins. They do not love the Lord. Am I addressing someone today? You're dead spiritually? Yes, you may have done certain things today, enjoyed yourself, but you have no heart for the Lord. You do not love him. You do not want Christ, your only hope. Are you dead spiritually? And then we can think of eternal death. How solemn that is. I must tell you as a faithful pastor that the Lord Jesus Christ made known that there is a place called hell. And those who die in their sins will go to that place and they will face eternal death. Well, these two thieves were under condemnation. And men by nature without Christ are under condemnation. The sentence is only overturned by the sentence of justification. And I read again those words in Romans 8 verse 1 there. Is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. What about you? Are you still under condemnation? Or are you in Christ Jesus? You fled unto Jesus. You've repented of your sins. You've been justified by faith. All your sins have been pardoned. What a wonderful truth. Past, present and future. Yes, we seek fatherly forgiveness. But one is saved, they're accepted as righteous. Because of the righteousness of Christ imputed to them. What a blessing to be a Christian. No longer am I under condemnation. Rejoice, dear child of God. You're justified. Your sins are forgiven. You're accepted as righteous. You're on the way to heaven. Like this thief who turned to the Lord and was saved. However... 
if you're not a Christian, I plead with you, ere it be too late, or that you would turn to Christ, that you would believe in him, that you would trust him, that in doing so you would say sorry of your sins, how you need to look to Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only hope, there's no other name, what did he say himself? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Just listen to those words of Christ. He spake the truth. This being so, will you make your way to Christ this very evening hour? Oh, that grace would draw you, that you'll be found embracing the Saviour. We move on and consider, secondly, one continues to reject Jesus. One continues to reject Jesus. Now come with me to verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. To begin with, both of them. But one of them comes under conviction. And he turns to the Lord, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, verse 42. But not that other thief. Or malefactor. He continues to reject Jesus. In Isaiah 53 verse 3 we read. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Despised. Rejected. I fear in this hour of great crisis for our nation, many continue to reject Jesus. If you're not a Christian and you're listening on, why do you reject him? He's your only hope, your only hope of salvation. And he is such an altogether lovely friend who so cares for the souls of those that love him in such a special way. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A son of old wrote a poem to his mother who is in great difficulty in trial. The poem begins with these words, What a friend we have in Jesus. And he is such a friend to me, my dearest friend, my best friend. He's your only hope. Why will you reject him? If that's what you're doing today, you need him. He says, Come unto me. With his faith. The thief who doesn't turn, he continues to reject Jesus. He despises him, and so many do today. We'd like us to consider four things as we think of this thief that continued to reject Jesus. First of all, he was near to Jesus, but he was far away and continued to reject him. He was near to Jesus, but far away. He was next to Jesus. He saw the Lord. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour. Yet he was blind spiritually, so near but blind. He wasn't convicted. He didn't see his need. He wasn't even inquisitive. What a state he was in, so near to Jesus physically, but so far away. So many are so far away today. With no real concern for their soul. You see, if someone has a real concern for the soul, a real concern, they will seek the Lord. They will be led to consider they need him. They need a saviour. They need a captain to take them through life. But many have no real concern. Some are near. What do I mean? The Lord isn't physically here. But you consider this. There are still many gatherings up and down this land and around the world. And our Lord draws near in the midst in a spiritual way. We read in Hebrews 2, verse 11 and 12, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. He's in the midst. He leads the praise. You remember those precious words? And they've meant so much to me. And I know they've meant so much to many a Christian at this time. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. 
there I am in the midst of them. He's in the midst. And from time to time, unbelievers come into a place where the gathering of the saints is. And the Lord is there because the people of God are there. Yet they're far away. Have you been to a place and the Lord is there in a spiritual way, but you're far away? You're hearing the gospel this afternoon, but you're far away. Is that the situation you are in? What about you? This thief, he was near, but far away. He saw the Lord, but he was far away. You hear the gospel, but you're still far away. Oh, that grace would reach you. Oh, that you would make your way to him. Well, let's consider secondly. He saw the other thief turn to Jesus. Never really thought of this before, but you just consider. This thief saw the other thief turn to Jesus. Remember the other thief? He says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. A miracle of grace was performed in the heart of this thief. And there was the evidence he felt convicted. Verse 40. Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He looks beyond just the sentence of Pilate. He, he recognises he's a sinner under the sentence, the divine sentence. And this other thief, he, he sees this man and he knows this man is convicted. He sees the man look to Jesus. He saw the other man turn to Jesus. And you may be one, you, you've heard of others, or you've even witnessed maybe a friend or someone in your family. They've turned to Jesus, but you still reject him. The other thief, he was convicted. He felt guilty. You remember the prodigal son? He came to himself. He, he knew that he couldn't live his life any longer like this. Remember on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were convicted of their sin, and others looking on. And you may know someone, they've been convicted, they, they felt bad about what they've done. They, they've said sorry, they've turned to Jesus and they've known peace, peace of the forgiveness of their sins. They've known that tranquility Christ has spoken of, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. But still you, even though you know someone who's turned to Jesus, you're rejecting him. The thief saw the other thief turn, but he still rejected. He witnesses these things. There's a miracle of grace performed in the heart of the other thief, but he still rejects Jesus. Maybe you are one of a number of friends, and the other friends, they've come to faith in Jesus, but not you. You still reject Jesus. Oh, that you would embrace him. I remember I grew up with a certain young man. He used to go to Sunday school with me every Lord's Day. And into the services on the Lord's Day. And in the week. And you know, he's a very kind and polite man. A very kind man. A very thoughtful man. I became a Christian. And then I was baptised and... My friend witnessed me being baptised, but he still rejects Jesus. He knew that something had happened in my life, that I had come to faith in Jesus Christ, but he still rejects Jesus. My prayer is for my friend, that he yet one day would embrace Christ in the arms of faith. I remember another friend I grew up with, and I asked him one day, what, what would happen to you? after death and he, he gave me an answer and he said he didn't think he would go to heaven but thankfully that other friend he turned to Jesus oh I pray for my other friend who's still rejecting that he might turn to Jesus maybe you you've got friends they've come to faith but you're still not a Christian oh that your heart would be opened you take out in China. So many recently have come to faith in Jesus Christ. We're told in the last 40 years or so, over a 100 million people have embraced Christ, have come to faith, yet there's still so many 
They know what's happening and so does the government out there. But they reject Jesus Christ. This thief, he saw the other thief turning to Jesus, yet he still rejected him. Is there someone listening on? You know others have turned to Jesus and they're blessed and they're waiting to be one day with him and they so value Jesus, but you, you're still rejecting him. Thirdly, he died in his sins rejecting Jesus. Can I just pause for anyone listening on? I hope this is will never be true of you. But you take this faith. He died in his sins rejecting Jesus. How solemn. He was so near to Jesus physically when he died. Yet he died in his sins. This faith. In bondage. Not believing. Jesus said to certain Jews in John 8 verse 24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. It's solemn, isn't it? To die in one's sins. In bondage. Still living for sin. Not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dying in one's sins. How solemn for one to die without Jesus. You know, we think of the valley in Psalm 23. We heard it sung last evening. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And I'm so thankful that I have Christ Jesus as my shepherd who will be with me in that valley. When I'm concerned, when I'm perplexed, he'll be there. He will hold my hand in a spiritual way. He will lead me through. How could I even possibly consider death without Jesus my comfort is that he will be with me he will lead me through that valley and at the end of the valley I will see him in heaven but how can you face death if you're not a Christian how can you face death without Jesus how can you face death rejecting Jesus yet so many do like this thief fourthly and finally here he is still Rejecting Jesus. So solemn, isn't it? He is still rejecting Jesus. The soul is immortal. Children, young people, what do I mean? We have a never dying soul. After death, the soul is conscious. This is abundantly plain for the unbeliever in Luke 16, verse 23. The words of our Lord... And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and see if Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. That thief is still rejecting Jesus. In contrast, the other thief who was saved, he's still rejoicing in Jesus. Verse 43, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. But the one who died in his sins, still rejecting Jesus. He knows Jesus is true. He knows the gospel is true. He knows that Jesus was his only hope, but he's still rejecting. And he will reject Jesus, the altogether lovely Saviour, forever and ever. The only hope for you, dear friend, as you think of the solemn truth, is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the only hope. Oh, I commend my Saviour to you. Oh, that thief who died rejecting Jesus still tonight is rejecting Jesus. Thirdly and finally. To go to heaven. To go to heaven. Come with me to verse 42 and verse 43. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now Jesus as God is everywhere. 
However, we consider that our Lord took human nature, a real body and a reasonable soul. At death, though his body and soul were still inseparably joined to his divine nature, his human soul separated from his body and was found in heaven. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. That thief who turned to the Lord, he died. His soul went to paradise, to heaven, and the Lord was there. Two went to heaven. You see, at death, the soul and the body separate. The soul of the believer goes to heaven. This thief, though he did much wrong, and he was ashamed, he was assured by Jesus that he would go to paradise, that he would go to heaven. Comfort for this dying thief. All was well for his soul. He was on the way to heaven, called here paradise. We think of paradise. We can think of the word and from the Greek and it speaks of paradise, a park like Eden. A park, a garden of pleasure. You know in Bath there are some lovely gardens. On the way back from a conference last year in the south of Wales we stopped in Bath. And it was lovely the first time I'd been to these particular gardens. And I just sat there on a bench. How, how lovely it was. year before it was February time. We made a trip up from the south to Bath and we went to another park and a lovely park and lovely grass and sights. It was a beautiful place. The other day I went to Stourhead on the way back from two days away camping and what a lovely place and in a few weeks time the colours will be fantastic. Oh it's a wonderful place. It's a garden of pleasure we could say. How beautiful Eden was, but how beautiful heaven is. It's a real place of amazing beauty and amazing sights. And when we think of the heavenly world to come, what beauty. Far above any expectation when heaven and earth will be one. And we who love the Lord will be there in heaven, the heavenly world, forever and ever. What a place. What beauty. Now heaven plainly is paradise. Paradise is the third heaven as we see in Second Corinthians 12, verse 2 and verse 4. What a lovely description of heaven. Paradise, a garden of pleasure. Such joys and pleasures in heaven. Oh, a comfort for this dying man. Is it comfort to your soul? You know, because you have turned to Jesus like this dying thief. All is well. All is well. I'm on the way to heaven. Remember the apostle, he was comforted in Philippines 1 verse 23, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He's in a strait, he's in a difficulty betwixt two. You know, someone may go into a shop and they're choosing a dress. Is it to be that one or that one? They're not sure, and so they ask someone else, what do you think, that one or this one? Maybe a child goes into a sweet shop or my children go into a bakery. Always takes a long time when my children go into the bakery, particularly the boys. Could I have that one? No, no, no. That one's got more cream. Which one? I don't know. And Which one? What are you, possible? He was in a street betwixt two. What was it to be? To depart and to be with Christ, which is far better? Or was it to remain a little longer? It was to remain a little longer. He had work to do. But oh, his longing, he had a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Oh, when we think of heaven, paradise, such beauty, such glory. Wonderful friends who died in the Lord, loving Jesus are there. Certain loved ones who believed in Jesus are there. But most of all, Jesus himself is there. And such joy and happiness, such pleasure and delight. Have we not this desire? Oh, this Lord's the evening. What are you desiring? Are you desiring one day to go to be with Jesus, your altogether lovely Saviour? I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. In heaven with Christ, that's my wonderful hope, 
Why? Because of Jesus who died on the cross. Because he suffered for me. Heaven awaits my soul. And the heavenly world forever with Jesus both in body and soul for me. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise, this thief is told. In that place where is there much pleasure. And all that thief now is under tremendous joy. He's still there. Now you consider the beginning of the day. He was in opposition to Christ. And he's led out to be crucified. The end of the day he's with Christ in heaven. One day I will wake up and it will be my last day. And because of Jesus my saviour. I will end the day in heaven with him. And I will see his face. What joy that will be to my soul. What delight it will be to see my Saviour's face. To see love coming out of his eyes towards me. To see his smile. To see his mercy. To feel his warmth. To see the nail prints in his hands and in his feet. Oh, what joy awaits. Here we face many a veil of tears. We're under so much sorrow. But oh, there, there will be such joy in the presence of Jesus. And we will be satisfied. Oh, what will it be like? I'm so thankful. One day, like this dying thief, I'm going to find out. And I'm going to see... Are you going to find out what heaven's like? Are you going to see Jesus in heaven? Can you answer yes? How do I know if you have I believed in Jesus? The invitation is come unto me. Have you gone? Have you gone humbly to Jesus? Lord, remember me. Forgive me my sins. Remember me in mercy. One day I will be there with Jesus. Some loved ones of mine are already there and I will see them. Will I see you in heaven? May the Lord bless you. For his name's sake. Amen. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, we thank thee for the truths we have been considering this evening hour. Oh, we thank Thee for them. We thank Thee for the beloved Saviour. We thank Thee for the Gospel. As we consider that solemn truth of condemnation, we thank Thee for the wonderful truths of the Gospel and heaven. It may be for any who are listening on who are strangers to grace, that they soon would no longer be a stranger to grace. And we who love Thee, may we rejoice this evening hour in Jesus. May we have a little of that desire the Apostle Paul had to be with Christ, which is far better. O oh Lord, we thank thee for him. We love thee, oh, to love thee more. Bless thy word to our hearts. Bless us this coming week. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us to live for thee. Help us to be taken up more with thee, even as we go about our business. Help us to think more often of thee. Hear us now. Forgive us our sins, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our final praise is Psalm 73, and we're singing from verse 23 to verse 28, and the tune is Winchester. Nevertheless, continually, O Lord, I am with thee, thou dost me hold by my right hand, and still upholdeth me. Psalm 73, we're singing from the 23rd verse to verse 28, and the tune is Winchester.
of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The Lord willing we shall meet again on Wednesday and the service, the midweek meeting will be live streamed and you're most welcome to join with us if you're not in attendance at another church or on another church live stream. May the Lord richly bless you.